You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. When they arrive the city of Medina, they hear technically every house crying, weeping for their dead. Because those 70 who were killed had relatives in Medina. And so most of the houses in Medina were in the state of mourning, sadness, crying for their dead ones. We have a number of narrations in Sunni sources and Shia sources that when the Prophet was walking back, and he reached the houses of Bani Abdul Ashhal. They lived in Medina. They were members of the Ansar. The Prophet passed by their neighborhood and he heard the wailings of their women crying their dead. Tears began to flow from the Prophet's eyes and he says, He says, All those who were killed in the battlefield, they have someone mourning them. They have, they have a, a house, woman crying for them, except my uncle Hamza. It pains me that no one's crying for Hamza. Sa'ad ibn Ma'ad and a number of other companions, they heard this from the Prophet, they were really moved. They said to themselves, no, we supported Rasulullah in every way, we will support him in this way too. So Sa'ad ibn Ma'ad, Ma'ad ibn Jabal, some other uh, companions, they went and they called on the women of the Ansar to come and congregate by the mosque of the Prophet to weep for Hamza. So every house in Medina, one woman came from that house in order to give their condolences to the Prophet to sympathize with the Prophet by crying for Hamza. By the way, subhanAllah, this hadith in itself is clear evidence that the Prophet encouraged crying on the shaheed. Because today for centuries you hear other schools of thought attacking us. Why do you cry on Imam Hussein? Why do you cry on Hussein? That's bid'ah, that's an innovation. Yeah, just be sad in your heart, but why do you cry? Well, didn't Rasulullah basically tell the Ansar that I want someone to cry on Hamza? If the Prophet wants his companions to cry on his uncle Hamza, you don't think that he wants his companions to cry on his grandson Hussein, whom he loved the most? This in itself is evidence in our books that the Prophet encourages crying, especially on those who died and those who were martyred. Now unfortunately, the hands of the fabricators, they kind of twisted this hadith. By the way, it's in their sources, well established. So they can't deny that the Prophet said that. But what did they add? For example, I'll share with you one version that's attributed to Aisha. And this is found in Musnad Aisha. Basically, it says that when the Prophet said that and the companions gathered those women, the Prophet went and slept before Maghrib. He went to take a nap. When the woman gathered at the door of the Prophet's mosque, wailing and crying for Hamza. So he woke up at sunset time, he prayed Maghrib, then he slept again. 
And Aisha says, we the woman were crying. The Prophet woke up, then he prayed Salat al-Isha. And then he went back to sleep again. And we were still continuing to cry and cry and cry. Then the last time the Prophet woke up and he basically started rebuking us. When he saw us crying, he says, they're still crying? Tell them, let them go back. And you know, they should stop. Sunan Ibn Majah also mentions this, that when the Prophet woke up, he says, man qalabna ba'd. Woe unto them. They're still crying, tell them to leave. And after this day, they should not cry on anybody else. You see how they twisted it? First of all, I want you to analyze the first hadith. The Prophet sleeps in the afternoon before Maghrib. He gets up at Maghrib, he prays, he sleeps the second time. Then he prays Isha, then he goes back, he sleeps the third time. Since when did Rasulullah sleep that much? Show me one Sahih hadith, the Prophet is sleeping and sleeping and sleeping. In three hours he sleeps three times, come on. What's going on here? Rasulullah was known not to sleep that much. So this in itself tells us some signs of fabrication are there. Are there, you know, he's sleeping and then he keeps hearing those wailings of women and he gets disturbed until finally he yells at them and he tells them, you know, get out of here, it's enough, you're crying too much. I have serious doubts about these hadiths that they have mentioned. And subhanAllah, the Prophet himself said it in a way where the Ansar felt so bad, they brought their woman. Now that they brought their woman, he rebukes them like that? Which, which man would do that? Come on, which person would do that? He hears women crying and wailing and he says, but my uncle Hamza, nobody's crying on him. They go and they bring that and then he gets annoyed. He says, enough is enough. I, this is something that the Prophet that I know does not do this. If other Muslims have a different Prophet who has this type of akhlaq, let them follow that Prophet. The, the Prophet I know does not have such akhlaq. When he encourages them to cry on Hamza, three hours later he's not going to rebuke them like that and he's not going to sleep three times anyway. Yes? Say that interpretation, it's not saying like, like he said it was looked down upon or out of anything like that. Well basically their understanding is when the Prophet said stop it's too much and then after Hamza don't cry on anybody else, see that's another addition they added. So they take this hadith and they say yeah it's makruh, you know don't cry on the dead. The Prophet only wanted maybe I don't know five seconds of crying and then that was it that and then he was disturbed. <laughs> well the second Caliph yes he would not accept women crying on any dead and remember when he beat uh, the sister of Abu Bakr and even Aisha, she narrates we were crying on Abu Bakr, he came. You could tell which party probably fabricated these hadiths, it's very clear. So Otherwise if a leader, if a leader comes here today in your neighborhood and let's say there's a tragedy that has affected a lot of people in Dearborn and then he says you know but my family no one's crying on them and then we come and we cry for his family then he yells at us, okay enough it is enough. <laughs> A sane person does not do that, let alone a prophet. Yes. This is not the only hadith. They've got a lot of fabricated hadith. One of the famous ones is Al Mayyid Yu'abdam. Yes. They have narrated that the dead, they get actually tormented in their grave when you cry on them. Yes, they do have these fabrications. But my point, no, that's not true. By the but but my point is, see, the Prophet did encourage them initially to cry on Hamza. And for me that's enough evidence that the Prophet encourages crying on the Shaheed. Now these later additions, we know they're fabrications. 
So they admit that the Prophet did encourage the companions to cry on Hamza, that's enough for us. As for this addition, it doesn't fly. Especially this, you know, hilarious hadith, the Prophet sleeping and going, you know, praying, sleeping and the Prophet, since when did he sleep that much? It's, it, I find it hard to believe. Yes. So this, uh, they say don't cry on the shahid or on anybody? No, on anybody. But basically the, way, the reason why I highlighted this is because when we cry on Imam Hussein who's a shaheed, they have an issue with it. And some of them even call it a bid'ah. We're saying the Prophet encouraged people to cry on Hamza who's a shaheed. So you accept at least a shaheed we can cry on. Okay, we're crying on shaheed Imam Hussein. So what's your problem then? Isn't this the sunnah of the Prophet? The bid'ah thing, they do it all the time. I've seen them, they have majarits and they cry over Uthman and Maghloom. Really? Oh yeah, I've seen it. On TV they have... Uh, so on their leaders it's okay, but, but not on others. The final point about Hamza, which also demonstrates that it is recommended to visit the grave of the martyrs, those who died fi sabilillah. We have Al-Hakim Al-Naysaburi, Basically, in his book Al-Mustadrak ala Sahihain, he says this is a Sahih Hadith. And Abdul Razzaq in his Musannaf also narrates this. They narrate that Fatima al-Zahra, Salamullahi alayha, the daughter of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, كانت تزور قبر عمها حمزة كل جمعة. She would visit the grave of her uncle Hamza every Friday. Remember, Uhud's not far from Medina. You could, you know, go there quickly. Every Friday, she would visit the grave of Hamza. She would pray by his grave and she would cry. If the daughter of the Prophet is openly doing this, if this is bid'ah, innovation, how could Rasulullah allow his daughter to do that? And this is narrated in their sources. Al-Hakim says this is a sahih hadith. He says all the narrators in the chain are reliable narrators. So we find Fatima al-Zahra really by the instruction of the Prophet, she started the tradition of crying for the shaheed and visiting the grave of the shaheed and praying by the grave of the shaheed. Because they tell you, okay, you visit the shrines. Why do you pray there? Shirk. Fatima al-Zahra used to do that and she's the daughter of the Prophet. Why didn't he stop her if, if what she was doing was troubling? In addition to that, we have in our sources, not in their sources, but in our sources, that she took from the soil of his grave, from the dust of his grave, and she made a prayer bead. When the Prophet taught her Tasbihat al-Zahra, she actually made a prayer bead from the dust of Hamza's grave. And this was to always remember his sacrifice that Hamza died in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when she would glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and she would do the tasbih, the fact that this was taken from his grave was a reminder for the values that he sacrificed for. And today when we do this by taking from the dust of Karbala, you see them attacking us, this is innovation, what are you doing? We're following the sunnah of the Prophet's daughter. Imam Hussein is a shaheed, we take from his dust and we make prayer beads, what's the matter? If this is something wrong, why didn't the Prophet stop his daughter? And remember, the fact that she visited the grave of Hamza and she prayed by the grave of Hamza is something documented in Sunni sources, not something that's only in our sources. And that in itself, you know, clearly 
justifies why we the followers of Ahlul Bayt follow, uh, we, we visit the grave of Al-Imam Al-Hussein Salawatullahi Alayhi.